Almost. 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 Major. 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 Holy fucking shit, this is major! Welcome to Almost Major, a podcast where we talk about many major studios and the films they release. Today we're talking about Made from 2001. My name is Kevin Tudor. I'm here with Charlie Nash. Hello. And Brian Doyle. Hello. And we have a special guest returning from uh, the New World Pictures podcast. It is Ryan Golan. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me back, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, within the, like ten minutes in between episodes, we're like, "Is he gonna come back?" We don't know. Yeah, I know. I really, I turn off the camera and I really made it a question. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, we're gonna talk about made with just us. We need a fourth party. Yeah. <laughs> made come, uh, came out two thousand one, July thirteenth, two thousand one. Opening weekend, it grossed a hundred eighteen thousand dollars in three theaters. Well, then expanded to a hundred eighty two theaters. And it actually it like had some pretty good legs. It made five point three million dollars on a budget of five million dollars, which is kind of a wash. But I mean, <laughs> to go from three theaters to only one hundred eighty two and still make five point three million is pretty good. Uh, overall gross of five point four million. So overseas they were not having the Favreau fever like the U.S. was. But uh, top five films that weekend, pretty much just gangbusters here. Legally Blonde, The Score, Cats and Dogs. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, remember that, uh, and Scary Movie 2. Wow. There's just something for everybody there, folks. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah. So many choices. Yeah, you got a, a, the score that's Frank Oz, right? Mm-hmm. Con uh, artist movie, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a that's a wild one. Uh, when you heard about Brando like not wanting to talk to Frank Oz, and he kept calling him Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like getting his directions from De Niro through Frank Oz. Yeah. Fun guy to work with. Uh number one song in the US that weekend is You Remind Me by Usher. Hell yeah. And Canada might have it beat. I don't know. Number one song in Canada that weekend is Pop by NSYNC. That's getting my vote. You know, the third NSYNC album before they all went solo. Well, one went solo and the other ones waited for him to come back. Is that uh, no strings attached? Am I getting No, that? this is no. it's called Pop. No, wait. Oh, it's, it's called, called Celebrity. Celebrity or Pop? One of those. Uh, Made is a comedy about two hapless best friends who are plunged headlong into a world of organized crime. When Bobby, played by John Favreau, and Ricky, played by Vince Vaughn, accept a high-stakes delivery, the clueless duo is flown first class to New York and thrust into the moneyed world of Louise, played by Sean Combs, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy. A downtown Manhattan gangster. In a matter of hours, Ricky's delusion of rancher unraveled the entire operation and put both his and Bobby's life in jeopardy. This stars uh, John Favreau. Prior to this, he wrote and starred in Swingers. And uh, after this uh, was, I don't know, in 30,000... Hold on, I'm running the note. 30,000 Marvel movies as uh, the bodyguard Happy, I believe is his name. Uh, but also mostly as a director doing such classics as uh, Zathura and Elf and also the uh, remake of The Lion King, of course. Uh, Vince Vaughn, prior to this, of course, in the remake of Psycho by Gus Van Sant, who could forget? Uh, what were some other things that he was prior in? I mean, of course, Swingers. Well, he um, and Favreau met on Rudy. That's like where they first met. And then they right. became friends when uh, Favreau moved out to L.A. That's like their, that's the thing they talk about, the special features. Um, right also right, right, the right. cell we just mentioned oh. it last episode <laughs> of course of course 
of course, the sale. Um, and then uh, after this, uh, the breakup in 2004, I believe. I usually write this down, but I did. I think it's 06 uh, is the breakup. Ah, uh, 04 is like Dodgeball. 05, I think, is Wedding Crashers. I'm just remembering that. But Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's in, like, S. Craig Taylor movies playing, like, racist yeah. cops, which, I mean, yeah. he's really good in those movies, like, for all in like, 99 and Direct Across Concrete, but it's just kind of a funny, like, tonal turn in his career. But yeah. Also, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I uh, have seen Jurassic Park, which I saw for the first time, like, three years ago. Uh, wow. I, I did see Jurassic Park wow. 3 when it came out without seeing the first or the second one, so I'm... You don't need what? it. You don't need it. That's a great yeah. entry point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I haven't seen the second one still. Uh, haven't seen any of the Jurassic Worlds because I don't care about dinosaurs. But yeah, I've seen one and three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean Combs plays uh, Louise. Uh, this is his first acting uh, job, of course. He's a major producer, amazing for big uh, bad boy entertainment. Um, after this, uh, I'm trying to think of any other movies he was in where he wasn't just playing a version of himself although he is playing a version of himself and get him to the greek as well well monsters ball is like a movie oh yes i think that comes yeah. up the same year as this uh which i haven't yeah. seen but i know he does like yeah. a pretty big supporting role um, no yeah he's i mean oh boy monsters ball uh <laughs> he's good in it from what i remember i haven't seen that movie in over a decade uh one that i'm certainly Who's to say we might talk about that in a future uh, miniseries? Who's to you say, though? You don't say. Huh, yeah. Um, and then a whole cast of other characters. There's uh, Peter Falk. There's so many uncredited performances like Sam Rockwell, Jennifer Esposito, Dustin Diamond. Uh, um, who else? Drea D'Amato, also from The Sopranos. Uh, yeah, so, so many like uncredited performances. But trivia, there wasn't honestly uh, brian you did the you watched the the feet some of the special features on the dvd and i listened to the commentary most of the facts behind the movie and the trivia and whatnot was just a lot of like oh okay like nothing where you're it's, just like whoa it's not that interesting i mean like the special features it's like like i was joking with you beforehand like it's like 10 minutes of them just like talking about like yeah we uh some movies they really like to stick religiously to the script and we like really allowed for improv and i'm like i feel like you didn't need 10 minutes to tell me that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but i did love that um you talked about psycho being like one of vince vaughn's previous roles that's where like uh that's how uh vaughn was familiar with christopher doyle uh, who shoots uh made because you know christopher doyle shot psycho and uh favreau was saying like oh yeah i also like christopher doyle because of the Juan Carvalho movies that he shoots. and they, But they do, they're they very vague with what I'm talking about. Like, oh yeah, we got Christopher Doyle to do a bunch of research for like the shots he was doing. And I'm like, what kind of research is it? Like they like they show this over like shots of him like posing with the penguins and everything. And I'm like, being, like <laughs> well, I'd love to know what kind of research you were doing for these shots. But like, that's not very specific that you're telling me. Uh, I didn't, I completely didn't know that Juan Carvalho stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Christopher Doyle, Bryden's dad. Um, I was half the time thinking, oh, this looks just like in the mood for love just in every other yes <laughs> yes chunking express made fallen angels what's happy the together yeah oh, and made yeah yeah all belong in the same category he just looks at his filmography and he's just like wow 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 what the fuck is that made in 2001 i forgot i did that um but yeah like <laughs> the commentary it wasn't boring but they weren't really it wasn't anything revelatory that came out of it other than like that one scene where they're uh, they get the instructions to go wait for them and whatnot they were just like okay 
we're just gonna let the scene play and count how many times we say fuck and i was like these guys are so fucking cool dude <laughs> they were just like oh my god we're gonna count all of um because we really improved in the scene i was like cool and also in the commentary i did not know that peter billingsley was a producer on this fucking ralphie from a christmas story and like they just like pulled to him sometimes and vince no vaughn just vince vaughn just recurrently just keeps calling him ralphie <laughs> i'm like i'm sure that guy's very happy about that but uh yeah yeah uh, he's, he's good friends with those guys yeah uh, they met in uh, la early on so he's yeah. produ- he's produced a lot of the stuff that they've done together and i think he was even in a movie with them wasn't he in like um the couple's retreat uh, yeah i think he didn't he direct couple's retreat if i'm not mistaken Peter yeah oh. exactly yeah uh, oh my also, god he's also in the yeah. breakup and but i think billingsley and Vaughn oh that's met, right but, uh billingsley and Vaughn also first met because they were in like an after school special where billingsley played a kid who was addicted to steroids i think they talk about that in the <laughs> Yeah, and Billingsley also plays like a role like an Iron Man that comes back yes, later. Right, like Spider-Man Homecoming, right. or no, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Exactly. So, yes. yeah. Any involvement in Cowboys and Aliens, the much beloved classic Cowboys and Aliens? I, he probably was a so. producer on it. He may have He may have been. Yeah. I, will just, I will just never forget the AV Club when they were talking about that movie. You're like, usually when you pitch a movie, it's usually X and Y have a baby then it'll be my movie and they didn't make the baby at all <laughs> they were just like no just imagine x and y and no that's it <laughs> like <laughs> that was such a bummer because like th- this was at a time when people were like why aren't we mashing more genres together so i had so much high hopes for it because i kind of love genre mashups but it just they don't have they don't get pulled off very well and very often and it's i was so really bad. hoping this would be the one and uh it it wasn't i don't it's i don't so want to ruin it for anyone but this wasn't it oh it's so dour and another thing i love about that movie is when like i think it's olivia wilde has to deliver all the answers at the end of that movie and they're like so why are the aliens coming for us and she just says gold and all the cowboys nod their heads in agreement like yep that makes logical sense and then yeah. they just don't even continue with anything past that point and there's like so many people involved in that one too like spielberg's an executive producer and brian grazer there's like so many people that ron howard they're all like we we can do this and it just i I even remember the av club podcast the hate cast was like can you believe it takes that many people to make a movie as fucking stupid as cowboys (laughs) and aliens yeah by by the way i just looked it up peter billingsley did not produce that so that's definitely a movie that while they call him ralphie he probably is like oh how's cowboys and aliens how's the how's how's that going you guys talking about a sequel or i think he produced a zathura and then produced four christmases and then vince vaughn's like comedy roundup special or whatever the hell that was right yeah um but yeah so he's like still talking with them but yeah it was just so weird it was just like i was listening to the commentary and they were just like yeah and ralphie from christmas stories here and i was like why and then like they eventually explained it and i was like sure i guess okay (laughs) and then by the end of it he was just like you know what had a really fun time with this i would have produced this for free if i had the oh wait i did i was just like oh oh boy (laughs) oh there's also on in the special features there's uh, one of their friends who's like you know working on the movie uh their last name is Rasigliano, which is the last name of uh the character uh that Favreau plays in made you know that's like the joke when like you know if it's fun to give the fake name of bobby Rasigliano, it's like is everyone's name bobby Rasigliano when like Mm -hmm. is going after everyone scene but yeah yeah well it's not only made for five million so like everybody's they're calling in favors this is yeah everybody they're calling in everybody's doing a favor basically on this yeah they yeah they said in the commentary that like uh 
P. Diddy pretty much helped get them into a lot of places to shoot in New York just because he knew people, <laughs> so that helped a lot. They were just like, oh, he can get into this club where when they're closed and whatnot, we never would have got into that. But uh, This yeah. is the last time I speak to either of you in person about work-related matters. Everything you need or need to know is in those envelopes. Do not open these envelopes until you have left the office. I started opening it before I heard the record. Do you mind if I borrow a piece of tape? You're going to New York. You will not mention my name or imply that you are in my employ. How are you, champ? You do not get drunk or do anything that will prevent you from operating in a professional manner. How much money do you have left? I got like 80 bucks left. That's it? This is Maxis Calvert? Two broke all of guineas from L.A. Go down there. Well, that's one way to handle people. Look, we're here representing Max. Let's just keep our mouths closed and not make any mistakes. You must be the Red Dragon, huh? Oh, my God. Hey, Jimmy, where are they taking us? Yeah, where are they going to whack us, Jimmy? We need guns. We don't need guns. I'm telling you, man, I'm pretty sure we need guns. That's your per diem. Yeah, that's my per diem. And who do I give it to? Uh, initial thoughts. I will go first. Uh, this movie I liked a little bit. I'll get into that. But like, I would say like the first like 20 minutes, I was just like, oh boy, this is going to be a long time. And then once they get into New York, I start to really like it because I'm a big fan of what well, we talked about this in the Roger Daughter uh, pod, but I'm just a big fan of just uh, people night on the town don't know what's going to go on stuff like that so i really did kind of like a lot of that stuff um i do i do know that pretty much a lot of people's uh pleasure or displeasure from this movie is going to be how much of vince vaughn's stick can you deal with and personally i still can kind of deal with it um it, it it does get annoying but he is playing an annoying character so like the scene where he's on the airplane and he keeps <laughs> a ringing that's so funny <laughs> I love that scene. it's so good just like every single time she keeps coming back just the little amount of annoyance that she has every single time and then just be like hey dickhead <laughs> um but i would say for the most part i kind of enjoyed it i kind of but then the ending ends with such a thud that it put it down a lot for me but i I feel like John Favreau's like playing too straight of a straight guy in this movie where he just kind of has no personality whatsoever. And Vince Vaughn is Vince Vaughn is just doing a lot, which, you know, if he's playing to a brick wall, it can be like, he's just playing to nobody pretty much for most of it until like at the end, John Favreau finally like does something. And the fact that I, I don't know, like they don't really end up at a different place than they begin with, honestly, other than like, Oh, I was with Femke Jensen and now I'm not. And that's my entire arc, pretty much. And then it was just like, oh, I was going to get into organized crime, but uh, that seems dangerous. So I'm just going to, I don't know what I do anymore, actually, because they don't say what he does. But he raises his kid, I guess. But I don't know. I, I was saying that it pretty much was like, oh, I like this scene. And then the next scene, I was like, uh, eh, eh, eh. It just kept going back and forth. But like the first like 20, 25 minutes were like really daunting the way that it was shot. It was like in this almost like, shot like the office like it was handheld but like for 
it was so over the a lot top of crash for, zooms yeah yeah there oh my god i was just like what what are we doing here and then when it got to new york it definitely cooled down a lot more where it was definitely not as much handheld and it definitely was like you start to realize it's like oh yeah christopher doyle did shoot this movie but at the start you boy howdy i would have been like Wong Kar Wai cinematographer shot this, but yeah, I'm uh, still surprised. And having reseen <laughs> yeah. the movie again, it's it doesn't have any of those earmarks. Uh, no, for me. but no. I would I would say in the New York, it 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 looks a lot better than before. I'm definitely for sure, would not for sure. I would definitely not put the second half of this up to like in the mood for love or whatever. But <laughs> it definitely starts to be like you know, there's actually something going on. Where in the start of it, I was just like, this is aggravating me the way it shot there's <laughs> more like, interesting uh photography and swingers you know, oh than, yeah than this yeah you know? definitely and that uh, was, but yeah. you know, like five years ago five yeah, years before totally. this right yeah uh but yeah like uh, it, it was like i was like oh this is fine and then by the end of it i was just like oh well my thoughts of this being fine kind of just ran out the window because it just ended it ended with such a nothing that happened so i was just like eh. i didn't hate it but i definitely didn't enjoy it by the end of it so it's just kind of a big eh for me but uh charlie uh what did you think of your new favorite gangster film made uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay and brighton uh, no. <laughs> Okay, I, I will be completely honest. Like, I, I watched this movie today. And you loved it. Uh, and I... He I, did. I, I loved it as in, like, the movie captured my heart and squeezed it physically, and then I puked blood. No, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't hate it that much. Like, I just... Okay, I have to be honest. Like, I mean, there's some types of movies you go in and you're like, you have to have an open mind. And I was just like... Oh, this movie made by John Favreau starring Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. Do I really want to deal with this? And I was like, you have to go in with an open mind. Like, you, you know, like it's, it's your job as a member of this podcast. And I was like, okay, I'll go in. And like, I, I will say I grew up in an era where Vince Vaughn comedies were abundant. And I uh-huh. liked them as a teenager. I mean, I, I watched Dodgeball, Starsky and Hutch, Wedding Crashers. Like I found them very funny at a young age. Now, I kind of, and I'm glad that Brad and you brought up, like, I don't think he is, like, a terrible actor. Like, nope. I think that, like, Brawl in Cell Block 99, he's actually really good in. Like, and, you know, whatever your take is on the movie's politics, that's one thing. But, like, the S. Craig Zoller stuff, it's fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, like, like um, I like Brawl in Cell Block 99. Uh, Dragged Across Concrete, I actually think he's really good in. I don't like the movie, but... I mean, that movie's a whole can of worms, but I definitely think it's, like, fascinating and worth watching just to have an opinion on it. This thing, I know comedy is subjective. I love certain movies where characters are reprehensible. I mean, for fuck's sake, Wolf of Wall Street, I think, is, like, one of the funniest movies ever made. But, like, that is a movie that is so scathing and... And, like, um, I'm trying to think of other things because, like, uh, maybe Wolf of Wall Street isn't a good example because, like, I'm thinking about, like, star examples of, like, like Freddy Got Fingered. If you're not in the Tom Green boat, you're not going to like that movie. I can understand why people despise that movie, but I think Tom Green is very funny. Uh, You know, uh, even certain older Adam Sandler stuff that I still grew up with that I still have a very fond spot for that is not exactly all politically incorrect and can you can find those performances very grating and very abrasive still oh, think course. they're funny still think they're clever still have a soft spot for them I 
I just found these people so boringly annoying, you know, where I'm just kind of like, I, I don't I don't find these people charming in any way that's even interesting or funny in a way that's interesting. I just I'm like, why would I want to be here? Like Vince Vaughn's character is so like, you know, it, it's exactly what you'd expect. That's the other thing is like, oh, it's a Vince Vaughn comedy. What's he going to do? OK, he's doing his usual motor mouth. <laughs> what is he going to do? Talk a lot. <laughs> talk a lot. And even the stuff that like could be interesting, like people who are not well off who tend to get a lot of money tend to spend money in abundance like what are they going to do with that that's interesting oh vince vaughn's just gonna do his motor mouth thing and then be like okay i'll give you this amount of tip if you do this but if you don't do this i'll do that and then just like yeah i mean just sometimes humor is subjective and just like there's a lot of dated jokes involving you know yeah like certain Uh slurs and uh depictions of women that i'm just like i just don't find this funny like i'm not i I was offended by it i know it's a product of its time but it's just like and you know we have talked about how bachelorette i we all me and kevin think is like one of the most underappreciated comedies of the past 10 years abhorrent abhorrent people but like this i just was kind of like okay what's and, and I also think it is watching this now in the year 2022 as opposed to watching it in 2001 where John Favreau wasn't a thing yet. Where now I'm like, okay, so this guy's like a fucking billionaire who made bank off of the Marvel movies and is doing fine. And just watch this like low independent film where he and his best friend, who do have chemistry, I will give them that. They oh, have yeah. Chemistry, but um, just like how they're struggling. It's just like, I, I just don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I know that's not me being fair in a certain way, but I'm just like, I don't care about these people. I find them both annoying. They have chemistry, but like, I just was not in the tank for this at all. And like, you know, if you, again, not saying Vince Vaughn is untalented, but I, I, I wanted to throw him out. I, I, I just, I, I was like Peter Falk at one point. They were like, I think Peter Falk's hoping to like whack us. I'm like, good. I hope it does. Then you want it to be like the ending of Mikey and Nikki where it's Vince Vaughn on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the door. That's exactly. Oh my God, Bryden. If the, if it ended that way, maybe it would be like five stars. Uh. But like, yeah, I loved Sean Combs and Peter Falk. I, I, you know, I, especially Peter Falk, I adore him in anything and thought he was so funny. And he was the only person who felt like was actually speaking my mind in terms of everything I thought about this character. But yeah, maybe it's my frame of mind, but because uh, I've had a rough couple of weeks and can't be subjective as I want to be right now. But yeah, I found this pretty insufferable. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, I forgot to mention that he was in uh, Freaky in 2020, Vince Vaughn. He's oh, really fucking good. That's a really good performance. Yeah. Really good. Didn't see yeah, it. Really I, I don't want to write off Vince Vaughn as a performer either. I just found the writing and oh yeah too, i just which, i just forgot to bring that up and he's oh, like, yeah. really fun in there and Kath- freaky's really fun so it's a really good. fun one yeah. yeah uh peter falk also had a wild 2001 he had this and corky romano so that's just nothing but hits honestly yeah <laughs> uh ryan and on, on the gravestone for him um <laughs> star of corky romano um yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this movie is really like you can't think about this movie at least I can't without thinking about Swingers Um, that's the movie where they really both got their start I know that it seems like Favreau got a start in PCU um, but you know which is great 
and certainly worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, back yeah. when Jeremy Piven was not insufferable, but um, uh-huh. I also I also just want to lay my cards out on the table. Sorry to interrupt. I have not seen Swingers, so that is another oh, reason why okay. maybe this didn't click with me at all. Is yeah. because. Yeah. That was a big, you know, obviously a cultural moment. And so, but then the two guys go off on their separate careers. And really you could, Vince Vaughn does more. Obviously he did uh, the Jurassic Park sequel. He, he does Psycho, which was a big, at least at the time, uh, it was like, oh my gosh, they're going to redo Psycho. This is a big deal. And of course we all know Mm -hmm. what the result was. But the fact is, is that he had more high profile than Favreau in terms of being an actor. Um, Favreau does a bunch of things after Swingers as an actor that sort of lead us into this movie. Um, he also did Very Bad Things, which if you haven't seen that, that's oh. really like that's that's kind of a brutal but pretty decent film, but pretty 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 rough. Again, Jeremy Piven. Um, <laughs> he he plays Rocky Marciano. That's why we have a boxing scene. He does Love oh, and Sex. Yeah. That's how he meets Famke Janssen. He also does uh, The Replacements, and that's how we got Phase on Love. And he calls in all these favors for them to do a $5 million movie because he wants to become a director. And yeah. how he goes from this as a, as a director of this to Elf is just Still an unbelievable leapfrog and incredible. And I don't know how this leads to that, especially when the movie we talked before, which, by the way, are both directorial debuts, but mm-hmm. how uh, Christopher McQuarrie that didn't get a directing job for like 10 years <laughs> and Favreau makes this and then immediately gets into elf like it, crazy, crazy. Um, but people you know, just loved him, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the success of daredevil earlier on in 2003 was a result. Of that. No, I, I, well, he was already, he was already into, <laughs> he'd already been making elf. Like he, he, no, he'd I, I'm done sure that. I was a very bad joke. Oh, but also he's great in daredevil. Like he's probably the best cast, uh, Interesting. He goes from playing Rocky Marciano, and then years later, he's playing Foggy Nelson in Daredevil, and it looks perfect. So, sort of, yeah. <laughs> he's just his constant weight fluctuation. But yeah. um, he's great in that. There's not a lot of great things in Daredevil, but he's great in it. Um, but like, it's an interesting uh, ride that they're on. Made, however, um, they're doing something. It's interesting. They're doing something that's that's off because, as you were saying. Why is Favreau in this? And he's in it because he has to be, because they only got $5 million. They can't cast somebody else. But you notice the next couple movies he directs, he's not in. It makes good sense because he's just kind of a blank slate here, and he's not super interesting. And he's cracking up. You can see him visibly Uh break Mm -hmm. constantly because of what Vince Vaughn is doing. Yeah. Uh, Bryden, did you... I think he has a small part in Elf where he's like the doctor in oh, the scene okay. where Elf girls eating all the coffin sure, cotton sure. balls. But yeah, the small part. It's Cameos aside. Cameos yes. aside, yeah, yeah. sure. I yeah. mean lead roles. You know, he's yes. not in Zathura. He's not in Elf. He's not. He doesn't do big parts in these. Even Iron Man at that point, he feels better and he's got a smaller role that, yes, he's played now 25 times. But, <laughs> um, but uh, Vince Vaughn, on the other hand, is doing something and threading a needle here that I think is really difficult and I don't think he does it. And, and this was my issue with the film back when I saw it back in 2001. He's the guy that is the smartest dude in the room, but in this film he's that, but also he's the most socially awkward guy because he's unaware of how he comes off to other people. Right. So we have to believe that he's not only smarter than every single person he's talking to, but also completely unaware of how he's coming off to every single person. Yeah. And that is just a really difficult choice to make happen and 
because they're improvising a lot and they're ending up finding a lot of this in the edit, I'm sure it's, I felt like at the time when I first saw it was like, why isn't John Favreau being like, dude, seriously, quit fucking around. Yeah. Like a lot of shits on the line for me, not for you, but for me. And so he's doing his thing, but he's also needs to play this other character and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, I know my my brother and co-host of the New World Pictures podcast loves Made. And I think he probably saw it before me (laughs) and was like, you got to see it. And I saw it and I was like, I just don't know. I know that everybody, everybody in our lives will will have a a friend that we had growing up or at some point in our lives. And we were like, uh, maybe not everyone, but I feel like I've had it. I know my brother had has had friends that you're like, why that guy? You know, your other oh, friends are like, well, oh, well but well, you, you yeah. don't know this dude. Like, when we're together, the two of us, like, he's a cool dude. You just don't know him. You know, you don't know him like I know him. But even in their scenes together, he's the worst. Like, there is no redeeming value to this guy. What are you getting from this friendship? Seriously. What are you gaining? Because you grew up with what, him? Out of yeah, just what pure dirt do you have on him? Yeah. He's, an, he's an asshole before they get all this money and go to New York. Correct. And then they go to New York. And, and he's even he worse. Spent, he's even worse. Yeah. He's awful. And it, and if the, the, the if there's a thing to take away from this movie, if there's, like, if there's something this movie's showing you, is that it's Favreau character grows up. And by the end of the movie, he's decided he doesn't need to just be loyal to people. And yet he's still loyal to this friend. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. Yeah. I, why? Why, dude? Uh, so anyway, I, so the comedy part of it, there are parts of this movie that I think are very funny. Oh, but yeah. it's just hard for it to always work because if he had played a guy who just simply did not understand how he was coming off to other people. That would have been a better and more interesting choice to make. But he still has to do his thing where he can talk everybody and be like, you know, talk a million miles a minute. But that's a guy that's really smart. So how do you how do those two things come together? Like they they it's just they can't. It's just too hard to be both of those two people. They're two separate people. Even Wedding Crashers, which is a movie that I loved as a teenager and now kind of despise as an adult, especially in retrospect and think about how seeing that at a young age like just some of the humor in that movie is so retrograde and like honestly kind of shoved me back into the closet at some point i can at least (laughs) understand i can at least understand why he and owen wilson are friends sure their relationship with one another you know they have good chemistry with one another and john favreau and um vince vaughn have good chemistry together for sure john favreau despises him from the spot and it doesn't. And then it's always John for, on John Favreau to be like, "No, I need to give him another chance." I'm like, "This is like the seventeenth time. Like, yeah. what, why are you going back to him?" He's yeah. given him like eight chances before they even go to New York. So it's just like I don't understand. Like I don't get what's happening here. And and yeah. in and in Wedding Crashers, he at least takes the position of he's more the straight man in that, and he's yeah. the one who's getting you know who's having a lot of bad things happen to him. And he has to keep going to the guy going, why, why can't we just leave? And I felt yeah. like, why isn't Favreau doing that thing to him in this movie? I guess that's another good point is like, not to go on a Wedding Crashers tangent, but at least oh, yeah. even though the humor in Wedding Crashers, especially with his relationship to Isla Fisher, borders on, and not doesn't border on. She like full on assaults him in that movie. Uh-huh. At least it's like Isla Fisher is one-upping him in a way that, is insanely problematic, but at least gives her the upper hand to let him be sure. funny, but also 
not win every time and in, in this movie he gets he gets everything he wants at all times and it's just not uh-huh. amusing to me at all to watch that happen every single scene it's the same scene like 12 times i just think yeah. if you have a movie with these two guys and these are two guys that i really enjoy as performers as a director you know i like these guys on a lot of different things but when you walk away and you're like you know who's great in that movie peter falk and p yes Diddy. yes you know? <laughs> Yes. And yeah. and yeah. also, yeah. Yeah. you know, Fizz on Love was pretty good. And yeah. Sam Rockwell really put in a great cameo. And you're not thinking of the two main people? Like, that's a yeah. problem. That's a problem. It's honestly the same problem I had with the last movie, except that Benicio Del Toro is doing great stuff in Way of the Gun. But here it is the same thing where I'm like, why are we focusing on these people where all the other people around them are so much more interesting? Yeah, I would have rather... What if Vince Vaughn had been the Ryan Philippe role? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. What if P. Diddy had been the Ryan Philippe role? I Man. don't know. Sliding doors could have happened. Who knows? Just different different tracks. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you had gone to New York and we suddenly, uh, I don't know, slacker style, we just ran off with P. Diddy and Phase on Love. We just kind of saw where their life was <laughs> like. And we just sort of ditched uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. I don't know. I'd be into that movie. I I'd be into it too. I, I would have. I would have been. Enjoy, I would have enjoyed seeing that. Yeah. Uh, Brad, initial thoughts. Yes. Um. So I had seen this movie. Weirdly, I saw this movie like almost ten years ago because I have it on DVD uh, from like some secondhand Is store. Is this part of Bryden's basement collection? <laughs> was, no, it was part of our cottage DVD oh. collection. Actually. Oh man. Yeah, I remember watching this at the at my parents' cottage with uh, what a cottage movie! This is such a cottage movie. Yeah, and like I, I remember like watching it with my brothers and like they were laughing throughout. But then like the moment was over, they were like, "That was terrible! It was a bad movie." And I was like, "You're lying! I saw you laughing." So I I totally understand the criticisms that you're giving this movie. I, I guess I just have a high tolerance for Vince Vaughn's motor mesh dick, even though like I do see that like this is a thing that like. Some of the things that he does in this movie, I can see he did this like ten years later, like in um, the bit where like uh, Peter Fox is like, "These are the only items you'll need uh, for your trip," and this one just like, "I was like, what about my house keys? What about my house, my house keys?" <laughs> That's something they that just like the internship where like he's told like you know like the kind of snacks that he can have and everything. It's just like, all right, well, what about like this and this and this and this? He just like it's a minute of him asking questions. Like that's his bit, I guess. But um. Uh, so this is barely a movie. It does not hold together yes. really as a narrative. No. And it is the same scene of just like Vince Vaughn walking into a room and just saying the complete wrong thing with like the utmost confidence and just like face planting every time. I, I guess I just find that stuff really funny, but, uh, and, yeah, but yeah. um, and I do like the, I, the I, 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 sorry to interrupt you. I love unearned confidence in, mm-hmm. in comedy. That's one yeah. of the best things ever when you have a character who's just completely certain of themselves and they are awful at things. I love Big Trouble in Little China. Like, there's yes. lots of like movies yes. that are great in that. Yes. I'm just saying, and I love Vince Vaughn and a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that he does, and I'm a, a fan of him. It's just this one, he's not quite the unearned confidence. He's definitely a little bit the unearned confidence guy, but he's also, un- you can't be unaware of what a per diem is. But also be like the guy trying to get the honeys together. Like it's just, it's it's just. Wait, where? Who are you? I I, I I'm losing which yeah. persona it's, it's you're the, trying to do. It's sure. the Vince Vaughn show where he can't share a scene. He can't share a scene with fucking Peter Falk, for example. Like, right. Of all people. Like, well, well, I mean, he does talk about that in the, the special features where it's like him just going like for like 
on and on and on like just like rattling off words and everything and then peter falk like kind of controls the scene though by just saying three words it's like don't touch that fucking money and everything like he peter falk does like sort of like get the control of that scene by just like you know saying as few words as possible but um it's it's also interesting like hearing the commentary about like you know why they would be friends and like hearing about how vince vaughn is with some of his real life friends were like uh they talk about how like when they would like have friends over they'd be playing like hockey video games or whatever and one of their friends would like go to sleep you know to get up for football practice and every time Vince Vaughn scored a goal he'd like run into the room and wake this guy up like from his <laughs> and just like tell him he scored a goal so like I guess it's like I mean it's like why would they be friends with each other it's like I guess it, this is just like how their dynamic is where they're just fucking with each other all the time but and I do I, I do think Favreau is like a funny scene partner where like he is just like Kind of but when he's about, when he's gonna get you killed by mobsters, it's this a little. <laughs> the stakes are a little bit more intense than, hey, I denied my friend a good night's rest by yes. constantly uh-huh. telling this him about fair. my goals. That's yes. different than like I'm fucking up a thing where we could all be murdered. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I mean oh, yeah, yeah. And that, I, I do think Fabro is very funny in that scene where um, Falk like says like, "Do you vouch for him?" And Fabro's like, "Uh." I've known him a long time and he just like, he can't give him a, a straight answer. Like that's, that's really funny. And I do like, um, the, there is like a good, like sort of sense of place, like in the opening when like they go to the old high school and everything, like they're talking to the football coach and like, you know, he's told like, Oh, like, it's like, Oh, Bobby, you had real promise. And then like Vince Vaughn says like, coach, did I have promise? So the coach just like walks away, <laughs> doesn't give him an answer. I mean, I love all that stuff. Um, I, I do like some, I mean, I guess, like, props to Favreau for, like, trying interesting shit with the camera. Like, there's the one shot where, like, you're in the club and, like, the camera's, like, looking up at, like, some, like, swirling optical illusion up on the ceiling and it's, like, a low angle, like, on the dance floor. Uh-huh. It's, like, the blue lights. It's, like, that's stylish looking, but I don't really know, like, how germane it is, like, thematically yeah. or, like, so it's, like, other than, like, I guess, like, just, like, when the limo pulls up to the, to the hotel, like, it's, like, kind of, like off kilter and everything where it's like you know to the left of the frame rather than like centered and it's like i guess is it showing that they're out of place in this world that they feel like they're really confident in it doesn't seem like it's really rooted in anything a lot of the camera is established like camera work when there is that it's like it's it's striking when it happens but i'm also wondering are you just like kind of just fucking around with the camera rather than like uh-huh. doing anything with any kind of intentionality and i do think the ending is like a real dud with the Famke Jensen character where oh, like, it's bad oh my God. Where, where I feel like it really kind of like just paints he was broken like, hearted guys she cheated on him with uh, Jonathan sure. Silverman yeah and it's it's really unfair too like because her character like you know like shaming her for her line of work and then also yes. like making her just seem like you know a bad mother and everything of course like, she cheated on me because she does this yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and like kind of just out of nowhere when like she is like just like she is like trying to make a good thing like she talks about how she wants to have like a good life for a kid although she does call her kid a little shit at one point um but it just it seems <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, that that was you, the most relatable moment in the whole film so don't yeah. even don't even <laughs> okay. worry about that but don't they, but they also that. they also foreshadow that by like she makes her kid a grilled cheese sandwich and he's like oh i'll make you spaghetti because that's your favorite food and i know that but your mom doesn't know that i'm just like this is so fucking also dumb. what <laughs> kid is like no thank you and grilled cheese like are you i know I, I saw that grilled cheese and i wanted it yeah like, i wanted man. it are you kidding i was like in bet- i was running low on time today and i was like fuck what do i do for dinner and then i watched this movie and was like oh i'll take that (laughs) as a father of two children all i can say is if one of my kids and i made him a a a grilled cheese and they were like 
no, I don't want this. I would be like, let's get in the car. We got to take somebody to the emergency room because they have, they have, something is de- is desperate is is desperately wrong. So we really got to do something. Like, there's no yeah, kid yeah. that's turning that down, especially a five year old. They're not turning that down. Yeah. Also, and yeah. then also, John Favreau guilts the little girl for being like, now Daddy has to eat a grilled cheese sandwich because there's only spaghetti enough for one. I was just like, shut. Like, I, mean, I don't like any of you people. I think like, he's fuck I think off. He, I think he's being <laughs> facetious with the kid in that moment to give it like a little bit of generosity. And for I sure. Think, and Favreau's but like, this... I, and it made me think of Chef too, like with the other movie, a movie I liked yeah, at the time, yeah. but like where. Favreau is like kind of chef. good. It's yeah, fine. Favreau's pretty good with kids. Yeah. I feel like when he's like yeah. acting opposite them, like the chemistry he has with the kid, even though it's only a couple of scenes, is like pretty lived in. I think, but yeah, it is the context of like where that relationship goes with the mother is just like so deeply shitty. And there is like a weird kind of, I mean, with like the retrograde homophobia too, which like that doesn't really seem like it's commenting on it or subverting anything with like right. Oh. Like it's feeding yeah, into it. and it's full like, on homophobic. Yeah, and Sorry. there's also like a weird race angle too where like there's like a lot of racial stuff starting on i mean like the thing too that really like threw me was like uh when phase in love i think i think it's phase in love who shows up at the door to like drive famke jensen to yeah, a yeah, gig, yeah and yeah. Then, like you know Favreau like loses it he just like goes completely the same like that just not gonna drive you because like, he's a fucking pin yeah and yeah. i'm like thinking the fact that like you're freaking out about like a black guy driving your white girlfriend like to a like a, a gig well, like that's like what's... there's something really weird and the, i don't think the movies i understand that part too. of it like that look of it but he definitely was fun phase on love was taking money for guys to be able to like treat the girl oh, like that, that, that's oh, yeah, i so, guess it's just yeah. how that's what he's into, you know the minority characters in like the rest of the movie too i mean there's a scene where sure. they're, they're, they're they go to um when like the thing is like they're told like if you get paged by peter falk you need to answer the phone immediately they right. go across right. the, the phone the, the street and it's like you know a, a person like a, oh a, yes, a visible yes, person yes. of color and then like mm-hmm. the punchline is Vince Vaughn beating this innocent guy senseless and then like with the phone you back yeah and it's yeah. like yeah okay like it's it's it rubs me it, it rubbed me a little no 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 way, stuff like it, that. no but, no yeah. you Brian, ask Michael Imperioli to play that part and all of a sudden we got a laugh line you know it, it, it is that thing though that it is like I don't mean to go all PC because it, it, because funny's funny and I like offensive shit all the time that I I like jokes in movies that I can't defend but and maybe it's just my mood right now but it is such white heteronormative frat boy humor that i just was not in the mood for when i watched this movie you know like like all of that like yeah he's a pimp and the fact that he's getting annoyed with sean combs and all the people of color who are around him where i'm just like they fucking probably hustle so much harder than these people do who just get brought into this situation they're just like oh like and it's just like and then the, the the women who have to like I don't want my kid to be dealing with a mother who has to grind dick for like, you know, a living. And it's just kind of like, she's doing her best dude. Like, shut up. Like it, it is that thing. And then he has to be like the one who was like, Oh no, he was acting totally inappropriate to Famke Jensen at the beginning of the bachelor party. Like we haven't even gotten. Into the there's the, Oh my like, God. There's like, that crash. There's that zoom whenever she's like entertaining somebody and just goes zoom right on john favreau and he goes beats the guy up and whatnot i was like oh, okay come and on and it's kind of justified as if he's in the right like I oh feel yeah like the movie frames it as if like that character is justified in doing that because it isn't like even the way of the gun which we talked about last week like i don't think the movie argues that these people are correct or that they're like morally superior in any way but i kind of feel like these are the characters we're supposed to relate to when they go to a big city and have a ton of money and stuff like that. And it's uh-huh. like, that's just not 
I, I don't know. That's just not funny to me. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just very dated. And, and I feel uh-huh. like, and I feel like with some of the mob movies that, like, you know, Favreau talks about, like, how he loves, like, gangster movies and, like, subverting that. But, like, I just don't really know what that, the, the, and I, 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 it's believable that these guys, like, these white guys of, like, of this generation would probably have these attitudes. But, like, I don't know what the movie's saying about it other than it just yeah. kind of there. That, and, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. No, and sorry, and, and, and also, crying. because this is a comedy, like, there's moments in comedies where, like, where the lead characters have fucked up the situation so bad that you're oh, wondering, yeah. how are they going to put this back together? This movie doesn't have that moment. <laughs> no. And, no. <laughs> and so, in fact, if there is a moment like that, it is actually the moment where Vince Vaughn's character gets a slight redemption for eventually getting a hold of a gun at some point. But the gun's actually a starter pistol. So he has, like, Very a funny. slight redemption where he's like, oh, but... So he has to keep doing it because God, he's been talking about it forever, but also uh-huh. it's kind of dumb. And then he talk, but you know, it's like, how could you, how could you not have them screw up in a way and then just have to have them talk their way out of it, which of course Vince Vaughn would do and maybe somehow pull it off. That's another moment of redemption that also makes a lot of sense within the movie. I don't want to retroactively try to like remake the movie. I'm just saying like, no. it doesn't have those kind of comedic yeah. things where it's like, are you subverting anything? What you're subverting is like a comedy because comedies usually at least have these kinds of moments. We're prepared for them and we're expecting mm-hmm. them. Right. But they didn't, I don't know if it's budgetary. I don't know if they just never thought of it. They just thought it'd be good enough for them to improvise and like goof off in front of Peter Falk and everybody. That would be good enough. I don't know. Yeah. But. Uh, what, one thing that you, we were talking about with, uh, Vince Vaughn and PDD's, uh, talks and whatnot. I do like, how when Vince Vaughn tries to talk in ways that he would understand and whatnot, he was just like, I don't know, we should be able to do the, uh, go do the drop and be strapped. And PJ's like, be strapped. He was like, the last person I want with a gun is you. And then like, also after he, after he talks to the, to the guy and he's like, Oh, you're the red dragon or whatnot. And they get back in the limo. He was like, what the fuck are you doing? He was like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to diss you. And he was like, Dis, dis, did what? Like, it's like P Diddy he, sees right through it, and P Diddy's saying all the things that John Favreau should have said Wants as well, to say. like and yeah, didn't yeah. didn't say. And the only time he would fight back is literally literally when they would fight back at each other, and they would just yeah. kind of fight like two little kids. <laughs> and they kept thinking that that is really gonna that's the comedy when you turn around and they both are all beat up. Funny stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. There's literally a yeah. shot where they get in a fight, and the next shot is them. Clo- just close up on their two faces and their faces are all beat up and they're trying to talk through another situation. Uh-huh. That's the, that's the punchline. Look at these yeah. guys. Be- they, can- they can't help themselves. They beat themselves up. Hey, yeah, yeah. these two guys, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, uh... also in the limo, like, uh, it, when Favreau was like mad at him, but he's just, if Vince Vaughn is just like, Oh, I'm going to go back inside because I can get back inside because you know, they know that I'm with, uh, Louise and whatnot. He's just in Favreau, instead of like being mad at him, he's like, fine, you can just go. That's fine. Well, he you wants know? to go home and he's going to make the responsible decision, but then he gets sucked back in and he decides to go stay at the club. And like, there's like the whole party montage with like, where they hook up with Dre, Mate- Dre D'Amadio and, uh, Jennifer Esposito, which that might be interesting if the movie was about like a guy, Favreau prided himself as like the more rational of the fr- the two friends, but then he's just as susceptible uh, to temptation and like sort of like I know. And then sense. afterwards, he gets he goes back into he's just like what we did was stupid, man. Which you shouldn't have done that. It's just like you 
also are not uh, unable to get it wrapped wrapped up in this but you just want Vince Vaughn to continue being yeah that was an odd moment too because she like they they do seemingly seem like they're into each other and then Jennifer Esposito's like grabbing her clothes and like we gotta go we gotta go like what what ha- what happened? She said something about a. She's we, scared of baths. Yeah, she's. I, th- I, th- I had to rewind it because it's like a lot of people talking over each other when they say this scene. Uh-huh. It's like we used to take baths with each other, and I'm thinking, oh, is this like some sort of like abuse, like trauma, like no? Thing? Well, like, it, it, during the commentary, Favreau said that uh, he made Jennifer Esposito's character kind of like his character in Swingers, where he's been trying to get over somebody the entire movie, and she. Her, her saying that is like about her ex or whatnot. So when that happens, oh, so, that, okay. that does yeah. not play. No, that yeah. does not but I didn't get that in the joke either. No. Like I was like, in fact, no. it starts feeling like, what the hell did he do to her in the bathtub? Right, right. And it's yeah. like not cute. It's like what, what, are, what's wrong with you? What, what are you doing? Are you? I mean, did you just assault her in the bathtub? What's happening? Like it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Totally, there, there was... it felt like almost a complete shift, and it could have been a great setup for a joke. But it doesn't right. happen. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of things in the commentary that definitely read like film school guy stuff. Like um, it was just Favreau's talking. He was just like, and this is just one of the many things in the movie that talks about the duality of fire and water. And I was just like, shut up, dude. Because <laughs> they talk about how in the intro, whenever Vince Vaughn is lighting a cigarette and throws the entire matches out the window and whatnot, he's like, and if you and if you watch at the end when the little girl's watching TV and the and Hollywood is on fire, that's because of Vince Vaughn. I was just like, I mean, that is kind of funny. That, that that is a joke. At, like <clears throat> Vince Vaughn, but like it's like so buried in the background that you can't, yeah, it you, almost you would, doesn't. Work. I wouldn't have known that yeah. if it weren't for exactly. him saying it on the commentary. That, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, let's go through the plot yeah. real quick um there's not much it's not as much as way of the gun but uh bobby has ties to the local mafia boss max but works as an honest mason for max's construction projects he fights in amateur boxing matches on the side but his career is lackluster five wins five losses and one draw i feel like they really just made them boxers to have a cool credit sequence and that's it I, I really they never talk this, about it again i thought this movie was going to be about boxers i really it's, did yeah and it's really not <laughs> i mean this is kind of like doing whatever they sorry ryan go ahead please nope i was just gonna say i guess like they're just kind of floating from like profession to profession to try to make ends meet and that's like one of the things that they're trying and kind of failing at like they do construction they do like odd jobs for like mob people they do construct and boxing and other things and driving and all that so to, but to me it's a it's a very favreau thing because he to play rocky marciano in the movie rocky marciano he like did a lot of boxing and learned how to box and did all that. So he's carrying that into another film. It's like chef. When right. He's like, you know, I'm going to learn how to really cook and be a chef and I'm going to make a movie. Like he gets real, he gets really passionate about doing that kind of work and then brings in this movie. But it does feel like, wait, it's, are we watching a, a, a guy who can't get his boxing career off the ground movie? Or are we seeing, I mean, what movie are we seeing? You know, it does. Right. Yeah. It also yeah. made me think of uh, the, there's an episode. I think he had like a recur- Fabro had a recurring arc on um, Friends where he yep. he dates uh, Courtney Cox, and I think he tries to become a, a professional boxer too, but he just gets like the shit beaten out of him like uh-huh. every time he goes in the ring. So that's kind well, of funny that like he, he's, boxing does run throughout his career, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh... I guess we should talk about how he, when he guest stars on The Sopranos as John Favreau to try to help Christopher out with his uh, oh, script, wow. which is called Made Men. Um, wow. So 
that there's a reason that all the Sopranos people are in there. So he was probably just like, hey, you were on the Sopranos with me. Can you come in for like a day or two yeah. and whatnot? Wow. But yeah, with the boxing thing also, that kind of ties in with all the favors he's doing. It's like, well, I learned how to do that. So that won't take long and it probably won't cost sure. much money because I know how to do it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So very resourceful, you know, sure, but totally. I, I, I was hoping for more boxing of it all because it's in the fucking plot description. Uh, if anything, they should be the plot descriptions should say that they're construction workers not boxers because i feel like that gets yeah. more with the butt court cameo and all of that stuff that gets more airplay than the I, boxing I, I, i'm sorry to bring this up but what construction workers are being ordered around by a clearly gay the queer coded man with a whip like i was just like i, I, know, I, I don't I know peter falk you know is hiring eccentric people you know but they're pretty much just hiring to pretend which, that they do construction because he's paying them on the side or something which, like that you reminded me of i really wanted bud cord to come back i mean come on yeah. you can't get another yeah. day out of him he can't no, come that, back on wednesday yeah. But he wasn't even really allowed to be funny. I don't even mind if the movie's homophobic as long as it allows him to... Well, I do care if the movie's homophobic, obviously, but I just... Like, he wasn't even allowed to be funny. Like, he was just kind of, like, meant to be pushing these people around, and I'm kind of like... <clears throat> what what universe does this movie take place in? Not like I expected it to be in reality, just like, but I don't even know what tone we're in here. It's just right. bizarre, you know? Like, but I do like, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Bud Court characterization is definitely problematic. But, I mean, I will say, I do think the movie struggles with, like, when to find the right button to end the scene with Vince, Vince Vaughn's motor remote stick, but I do think they find a good one in that scene where he's like saying, I, I, I can't take a break. I, I, I can't work for like this. I have to take a break. I'll be back in 15, 20 minutes. And then like he just walks off and that's like the cut on the scene. I'm like, that's like a good like way of just showing how this yeah. guy's like so yeah. lazy. Like that's like a perfect punchline. Other times it drags out a little bit. But. I guess my thing with that and not to be the, the gay person to be like, Bleh, but like they do kind of end Bud Quartz like, exit with oh the f word is here again and it's not like i was Uh again i've i grew up in the mid 2000s and late 90s i'm not offended by that word i'm not trying to be like the how dare they i'm just saying that like eh, you know kind of disheartening well you you were talking you were talking about that and it i tried to i was trying to remember this when you were talking about it earlier but in the commentary they were talking about how they wrote this to be a very uh Vince Vaughn and Favreau have a very homoerotic relationship and whatnot, and I was just like, I don't really see that in I don't the movie. See that at all. And then they were just like, and by the end of it, they're a domestic uh, living couple that are pretty much you know together and whatnot and raise a child. But I was just like, if you want that, it didn't really, you know, because they were just like, we also uh, did that with Swingers as well. And I was just like, eh, I okay, look, 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 I just saw Michael Bay's Ambulance, which has queer coded shit in it, and if Michael Bay can learn to deal with this shit. Like- <laughs> Then they're like, and I know that's a movie that was released 20 years after this one. I'm just saying, like, there's, I, I can deal with homo, there's homoeroticism in a ton of straight movies here. I just hate that they're playing that card where I don't even see platonic love in it. Yeah. Uh, I see platonic love off screen, just not on screen. Right. And, and Favreau yeah. also, he I, was I, also saying, really quick, sorry. Uh, Favreau was saying that he was, um, or no, it was Vince Vaughn. He was just like, you know, and because they have the homoerotic thing, it's just that Vince Vaughn keeps saying the F word, you know, maybe it's because, you know, deep down he really is a gay man or something like that. I was just like, don't go for that oh, fucking stupid fuck trope. Off with that bullshit. Yeah. I fuck was like, off. Uh, yeah. But Ryan, Which, sorry. 
No, I mean, I, again, this is like not unlike uh, the way of the gun. We're seeing somebody manifest and learn their their stock and trade. And both Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau both improvised a whole lot. Both of them were in Chicago improvising uh, and doing doing imp- improv comedy. So th- this is them like, oh, we're improv improvise a lot, and we're gonna have a lot of different stuff. And then they would improvise stuff that probably felt funny at the time and in the moment. And then trying to construct it as a film. And uh-huh. I think he gets better. Obviously, he allowed Robert Downey Jr. to improvise and stuff as Iron Man. He he was he yeah. found later mm-hmm. how to better utilize improv. I don't think this always worked in his favor. There's certain moments, certainly, that I think he got out of this. But I don't think he was able to figure out how to use improv to his advantage here. So we're sort of learning no. and watching Favreau kind of figure this out. I'm sure that Will Ferrell... Uh, improvised a whole lot in in elf but it, oh yeah that so he's lear- he learns from this but this yeah you can't kind of it's like trying to go retroactively and be like look i made a shitty joke but look this is what i really meant this is you know it's uh-huh. like no but yeah. i mean you know just it's okay you made yeah. a bad joke it's not great and you know you can't try to whole cloth create another scenario that this movie doesn't really support very well yeah and they were talking about the the uh, improvisation and whatnot and Vince Vaughn was just like when you're trying to improvise I mean that's why there's so many f-words in this because not f-words but saying fuck because it's like when I'm trying to improvise and that's I mean that's what I just want to say over and over and I was like okay then you're just not good at improvising (laughs) you're just like the scene where they're waiting on the uh, directions and they keep they pretty much are just talking saying fuck back and forth and they were just like that was all improvised i was like yeah i can tell <laughs> well yeah, yeah i mean he he improvises in one way he has one style that he improvises in that he feels very comfortable with and he plays exactly. a particular character when he improvises and it is paid off in other movies really well it's just this one oh, yeah. it was supposed to be a different kind of character too and it doesn't that character doesn't jive with with the kind of improv that he's doing yeah, and sometimes they find the right way to end a scene. Like I, I think the the scene where, the scene where Vince Vaughn keeps like dinging the bell on like the the, the airplane so for the reception good. for this uh, the flight attendant is really really funny. Like and like yeah. how it ends on like just one last ding before it fades into the plane. That's really funny. Uh-huh. But then there are other scenes where it's just like the music is kicking in like 15 seconds before this scene is done, as if like you're trying to wrap it up. Like where, where like Vince Vaughn is like just doing some like patter, and like it's like you don't really have a way to end the scene, and it's just kind of. Uh-huh. jerks into the next scene it's like okay like it, 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 they run hot and they sort of are like sloppy with like how, how they like know how to find like the right way to end the scene you're right and i think that because the best scenes in the movie are when because we were also talking about when he runs into sean combs the best mo- scenes and the be- best way this plays is when he does have a character giving him the business mm-hmm. and being like i'm not oh, gonna yeah. put up with you for this crap <laughs> Because yes. Favreau will put up with it endlessly, it seems, until he wants to have like a little bit of a slap fight out in the street. But other than uh-huh. that, like he puts up with it endlessly. And the better comedy is when people are like, no, 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 you're not going to talk to me like that. No, you idiot. You don't do that. That's when it yeah. plays better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, like just it wouldn't be as troublesome for me if there weren't other problematic elements that I just don't find funny. Like I just didn't find this movie funny. Like, OK, like uh 
where are we in the plot? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, I was about to, yeah, we're we're just at the start because we got sidetracked with the boxing, but I just want to get through that real quick. But uh struggling to support his stripper girlfriend Jessica and her daughter Chloe, Bobby decides to do a mafia job for Max. Against his better judgment, he brings along his ne'er do well friend Ricky. Bobby and Ricky go to New York to act as Max representations for a money laundering deal with his East Coast partner Louise. They meet Jimmy, who will be their driver, and Horace, who is connected to both Max and Louise. Ricky and Bobby uh, squabble throughout the trip as Ricky tries to live large while Bobby tries to stay cautious and stick to the letter of Max's instructions. Louise has a low opinion of the pair but sends him off to show his criminal contact the Welshman a good time. Gaffing several times along the way, the pair eventually manage to arrange a deal between Louise and the Welshman's Westie contacts. Ricky grows suspicious of Louise and assists that they bring a gun to their meeting with the Westies. Uh, I'll stop right there because it didn't talk about the club scene, which has my favorite line from the entire movie, which is uh, they're waiting to get in line. They say they're on the list. They say they're with Louise. The guy's not letting them in, who is uh, Furio from Sopranos, of course. And then uh, 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 Dustin Diamond shows up and is able to get on the list. And then Vince Vaughn just waits for a minute. He's like, did he just let fucking Screech into the club? And killed me it's so funny yeah and like um, and, the, and the bouncers like saying like we're gonna like throw you out of throw, throw you out of the city if you do this it's like oh you and screech you and screech like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah um but bobby adamantly refuses to uh bring a gun to the meeting and whatnot on the day of the meeting ricky has disappeared but jimmy insists that bobby carry on with the meeting as bobby begins to grow suspicious of jimmy he meets with the welshman and the westies the westies double cross bobby and the welshman but ricky arrives with a side entrance with a gun which is so funny he's trying so hard to be like the tough cool guy and whatnot and he's just like what the fuck did you say and all of that and then the guy notices he notices it so well because it's like right Right when I noticed it, he noticed it, mm-hmm. and he reacts to it so well. And he was just like, "You still have the wait, wait." There's a red in the barrel, and he was just like, "No, I, I I have to do that because I'm smart. I'm a smart guy. Why would I not do that?" And then eventually, it's just like, "Uh, uh, uh," and then they start fighting each other. But uh, a fight breaks out. Jimmy arrives with a real pistol and sends the boys away while he deals with the Westies back in L.A. Bobby severs all business ties with Max. Arriving home, he discovers Jessica in bed with a client and snorting cocaine. Bobby tries to convince Jessica to clean up her act for Chloe's sake, but Jesse refuses. Instead, she asks that Bobby take custody of Chloe and leave. This is the wildest sentence of all time yeah. in an epilogue set at a Chuck E. Cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bobby and Ricky are now raising Chloe together. I'll go. The two bi- friends still bicker constantly. The end. Isn't that fun when they bicker? It's not fun. <laughs> it cuts out some key scenes, though. I mean, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I just it, wanted to run through it real quick. I mean, yeah, oh, of course. The, the scene where Vincent Pastor comes in and like, uh, is it seems like he's gonna like kill everyone in the bar and everything. Like it ends like on like him like in the lawn shot, like you know, moving through the archway and exiting the frame is with like the gun. It it feels like it's a pretty good shot, like compositionally and everything, but it feels kind of like a weird moment of like kind of implied darkness that I feel like the movie kinda hasn't earned because like the movie's been like so lightweight up until up until this point and like and like not really like having like a great sense of stakes, I feel like. I don't know. It's it, it, it just struck me kind of like Tony off and, and also I think Favreau kind of blows the moment because then like it like he leaves the frame and then it cuts to like the spaghetti western theme is like they're just sort of like you know gingerly walking back to the limousine it's like uh-huh. okay, you kind of like didn't let us sit with the moment uh, even like with that out of left field thing um, there, there's yeah. so many scenes like that I mean like 
they they talk about in the commentary about how they were just like, well, Swingers was all fun, but on this one, we really wanted to nail down that it's a drama and a comedy, and that's why we had to cut out a lot of scenes because they were just so funny and whatnot. I was just like, this is like all a comedy until that end. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, much. I'm fine with it being a comedy. Like, that's totally okay. Like, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, just certain scenes like the scene where John Favreau, like, and uh, Vince Vaughn are, like, arguing in the back of the limo, and he's like, well, I'm going to go out for the night. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going home. I'll take the car. Okay, who cares? You can take the car. I don't give a shit. And then he's just like, oh, wait a minute. And then it just cuts to, like, Vince Vaughn, like, giving people, like, $10 bills and being like, here's in case I can call you a bitch later. <laughs> Sorry about that if I do that. And it's just like, okay, well, like, this isn't – and then there's that whole do you, scene. Did you, like, you miss the drama of that moment? Yeah, that was pretty dramatic. It was very dramatic, actually. That would be that would be a wild like a uh, uh, actor exercise to be like say this line very dramatically. Yeah. yeah, but then there's the scene where like they bring some of them home, and then there's the um, I don't even I don't even think she has a character name. It's like Jennifer Esposito has like an uncredited like. Her name is Party Girl. We Party talked a little girl. bit about this scene too, yeah, where it's like the bath thing that she freaks out about. We did talk a little bit about. Sorry, that. I was I was not in the room. I, no, it's all I good. had to leave for a second to the listeners. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, like that scene where it's like we don't know what happened, but she's upset, and then it's just like, well, if you really like, I'm sorry, but I I know this isn't fair in terms of genre to bring this into it, but like Peter Falk was in Husbands, John Cassavetti's Husbands, which is all about like fucking abusive men who are drunks and then oh, treat and women, women under the influence of course <laughs> but like yeah like like i can watch a movie about men who are totally unlikable fucks who, and like shit like that but this is also supposed to be such a broad comedy and it's just kind of like why like like i i don't want to identify i don't identify with these people which maybe that's a fault of my own for not bringing empathy into it but it's just like i don't find any of this broad kind of like it feels cheap it feels like okay you didn't even like bring into what happened or why or why i should we don't know what happened in that bathroom or why this person should be redeemed after that where it's just kind of like we did we we did talk about like the line that's like it's like kind of hard to make out because it's like so many people were talking over but it's like we used to take baths you know and like Kevin said in the commentary that it's like, you know, sort of like swingers where it's like a character like, you know, is like broken up over their ex and it's like, oh, I guess Esposito used to take baths with their ex. Doesn't really come through. In the, if that's like the joke nope. that comes through, it doesn't. If that's the joke, that's not a funny joke because she's a character who's not defined or like, yeah. y- you know, like, it, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just like, I just watched that scene and I was just like, well, this is sad. Like, I don't know what. And then a scene later, he's supposed to be rescuing fucking John Favreau from the whole thing. It just, yeah. like, I, I just didn't find a lot of humor in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and it's odd. I'm... It's odd that the two of them can't do it. I think that's what's what's make this makes this a little trickier. You, we've seen comedies that you're like, well, this isn't quite coming together. But these are two guys that did lots of comedies. Swingers. They did Swingers, uh, which I know you haven't seen, but you know, like these guys know how to do comedy, and they're great together. And yet, this one feels like it kind of. It just they kind of faceplant a little too often. Yeah, and 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 I'm also like, like we talked about Doctor T and the women not too long ago, which we all had Megan Kieran's on as a guest who was like, I had some issues with these scenes and stuff like that, and I was just like, no, I totally understand. Like it, I can't defend. I just found it funny. Like I know there's certain things about 
sure comedy being subjective and shit like that that i'm just like uh, it's just funny to me even though i know it's problematic so i know that like if you're in the tank for this type of comedy that's fine it just didn't work for me in a way well, that i'm just feeling for like me, it's a just, stinker about you know like for me it's hard if you have that setup where she's got this bath with his ex-boyfriend how do you not properly put that together then as a joke i mean it's like when you know when you on her toes when you yeah. know that you have that you know how to you know how to put together a joke you know how to improvise jokes you know how to improvise and do good comedy and yet you don't properly put that sequence together it feels that's where it's like guys what what happened it's just that's where it gets like kind of frustrating just a little because you're like you guys know more than most people how to properly put that together and yet you're not doing it you know and then on top of that to have vince vaughn be a surrogate uncle to like that i guess that's the thing that the hypocrisy of this movie that is meant to be earnest at the end which we've all talked about how the ending of this movie is so such a clunker where it's like they can do cocaine and it's fine they go back and they find famka jensen like doing cocaine and the other thing that's like really dramatically clunky is she's just like why don't you take her and he's just like okay and it's like it's very no she literally just goes take her take her i was like wait Go. Oh, it's, okay. it's also established very early on that he's not a real father <laughs> like it's just no, like it's no. just fucking weird like <laughs> or i'm just and then like six months later like i literally thought the movie was over and to be fair it was like 90 seconds later but like i was just like wait there's another they, scene they said they said in the commentary the real ending that they had in the script was they get into the car after he gets uh the girl and they drive off but then through the editing they were just like ah kind of need to end it on something else so that was a pickup shot as the very end of chuck e cheese was to put a button not the end of it which didn't really need so just a shrug of a button it's just like he tells i know chuck e- he tells chuck e cheese to go out to the parking lot and then the movie cuts the credits it's like that's not a good punchline to end on yeah it's, it's they, like they, if you, it, again they said let's go to chuck e cheese and improvise yeah and it was pretty like, much you, yeah, you didn't really pull that one off, which is funny. Yeah. I think they also had to do that in Swingers, too, where they had to have like an ending scene that they didn't initially have as the ending uh, to tack that on as well. How, how funny it is to, oh, God, the, I, I like I didn't like this movie so much that my brain immediately went to, oh, great. This person who's probably like vomiting in a fucking rat costume <laughs> is now being told off by Vince Vaughn, who has all this money, like, go away. Like, I'm sure that's hilarious. Like. And again, that's not funny to just deconstruct comedy jokes that are so broad like this. Like, there's a bunch of movies that I could do the same thing for and just be like, eh, who cares? But, like, I just didn't like this movie so much that I got into that fucking rat brain. Like, I, I don't know. Just, yeah. You know. I feel like if you would have ended it how it was originally written, it would have been a better combination of comedy and drama that they were trying to go for but sure. then at the end they were still just like ah we gotta do the comedy i don't know you let's know, make so fun it... of chuck e cheese we can do it that's not <laughs> a hard target that's a very progressive <laughs> or not, not a very soft target some would say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just such an easy target yeah it's just yeah uh, i also want to say with talking about uh funny you talk about uh woman under the, under the influence uh peter falk in the special feature says like yo we did make woman under the influence for two hundred fifty thousand. i only thought cassavetes could do that talking about how like favreau working on like such a low budget uh-huh. was like inspiring to him and then also he compliments how the character work is so strong he's a very 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 beautifully written script and everything and it's like 
I mean, it's check kind of, clear. It's kind of interesting how we're talking about two directorial de- debuts, and like I think Way of the Gun is like um, that's like one where the direction is much stronger than the script, and here it's like I mean, it's kind of tough to tell with the script because like how much of it was improv or. Like, sure, written, sure. but it's like dialogue wise i like this movie much more than like the visuals and everything i feel like For sure. oh, yeah. if it's oh, interesting yeah. it's not quite germane i think it's just kind of interesting inverses one car wise dp shit the bed let's that's what we're all saying that's what we're all uh, saying yeah, yeah. you heard it here first guys yeah man <laughs> i would say john favreau like the first half it's almost like he shot it in sequence like the first half it's just like what the fuck is these camera moves in this direction and then when he gets to new york it's just like he was just like oh wait i just learned what a dolly is guys hold on come here come here we got this yeah i saw on the dvd they had this another special feature where it was like the editing room or something where you could like make your own shot choices and compare it to like what the shot choices that were done in the director's uh cut or something like that so it's like all right which shots do you want to choose that's john favreau going going i don't know i mean you could probably do better than me i don't know <laughs> my first movie yeah what do you want from me this is uh, as the poster says this is supposed to be swingers meets the sopranos you know i think he did it what are you supposed to do yeah <laughs> the S- swingers meets the sopranos uh-huh yeah i don't see that um have you got any other lingering thoughts final thoughts on this or anything else that we didn't bring up um you know i just think it was uh it was a nice try it's two guys mm-hmm. that uh did go on to do better stuff had done better stuff right. than this um you know it's 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 a it's a good try there are funny moments in it for sure it's just uh you know he he, he learned a lot it's like we've watched we got to watch two movies over two episodes where we really watched somebody learn how to be a, a director that's what we've learned we learned how they did it and you know sometimes you got to fail a little bit at the job yeah yeah you, you don't you don't get to Lion King without made folks. That's you right. Gotta have a you maid gotta have your, a maid in your in your CV in order to get, yeah in, <laughs> in order to get all the way to remaking the Jungle Book. You know, uh-huh. oh, I forgot all about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Christopher did Walken that. did. Uh, what was the song that he did in Jungle Book? I Bear forgot that movie existed. Oh, not God, yes. he, right? That's not the one, is it? No, but, that's 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 not it. It's like. Uh, this is great content. Me searching this on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to be like you. Research. I want to be like you. I think is the song. I want to be saying. like you. Yeah. That's like the one yeah. song they keep in the movie. I think um, it's like that in Bare Necessities. It's it's so weird how he's made these. Like, well, I guess I didn't see Lion King. Is Lion King like more of a musical? But like, just like them walking. <laughs> like, that's I the wrong person to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah Walken is one of the few people with musical experience in that cast. Oh yeah, he did, sure. he did musicals and theater and stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, and he was a great. He was a dancer. I mean, he was yeah, in the Fat Boy Slim video. Absolutely, of course. So, of course. And that actually is a choice that sort of makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. The weapon of choice. Yeah. You know what Ooh. you should take away from this episode, everyone? <laughs> go look up Christopher Walken if you haven't. Yeah, go see some Christopher Walken movies. It's not like, bad. Wait, it's, it's, it's yeah. you know, Made isn't bad. It's not the worst. There's worse movies. No, That's yeah, true. yeah. I, 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 I was critical of this movie because there is a lot to be critical of. But like, there, sure. I, I, I did enjoy watching it for the most part. And but it, it is funny 
again, I'm going to the special features, but Favreau criticizing contemporary comedies in the, like, the early 2000s. He says, you know, you go from one laugh to the next and you never get invested emotionally enough to feel anything. The laughter is much more superficial. And I'm like, that is unfortunately still true of a lot of comedies <laughs> <laughs> that are still being made. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure that uh, this changed the game. No, like, it's, his, if it's it, guilty of the things that he criticizes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his character so. gets beat down and beat down and beat down until finally he sees Famke Janssen with another guy, which... Frankly, he should have seen coming a mile away. I mean, that's Famke Janssen, dude. She's not gonna hang with you forever, bro. <laughs> you get, a, I know. You get a moment. You even... If you got a moment in time, that's wonderful. Like you knew she wasn't gonna stick around with you, buddy. That's come on. It's Famke yeah, Janssen, think... bro. But, yeah, yeah, and it's you even you even see that whenever he comes out to the car and Vince Vaughn isn't like, what happened or whatnot. He's just like, you okay? He was like, he knew it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, sure, she broke up with him. Yeah, we all we all knew that was going to happen one of these one of these days, and it finally uh-huh. did. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. I almost wonder too if they had switched roles, if this would have been slightly better. If 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 oh. Favreau had been sort of the dumb shit, it's constantly getting him in trouble because I guarantee if they'd improvised that, um, if, uh, Vince Vaughn wouldn't have let him get away with half the shit he was trying to get away with, and his like improv to try to get this guy back on track probably would have been a lot funnier because Favreau just takes it and takes it and takes it and takes it until that very end scene. That's all he does the whole movie pretty much. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because there is kind of a switch. They do sort of take a switch dynamic in um, the breakup where they play friends again. And there's like the scene near the end. It's one of the few good scenes in that movie. I guess I don't really like the breakup, but it's like where um, I think like after Vaughn's marriage is over with Jennifer Anderson, like uh, they like see that she's with another guy like who's like she's just showing a house to him and everything and Favreau says like I think uh, what we need to do is uh, find some people that can't be traced back to us to get go after this guy and Vaughn's like I, I don't think we should do that like he's the one who's like trying to set Favreau straight whereas Favreau's like being like no no no, no. We're, we're gonna be reckless about this like that's so that's that is an example of them actually trying to switch up dynamic yeah, they, sure. they should try that more often yeah, yeah. they should have mad dog and gloried this shit you know oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted the penguins to murder everyone. I was just hoping they all had rockets strapped to their backs, back Batman Returns style, and just commit mass homicide. But that's just me. yeah. He tried. He tried to say. He said in the commentary, "It's like we had an outfit for Peter Falk that had a penguin on it, but he didn't go for it, and that was going to be, you know, the metaphors about that." I was like, "Dude, stop it!" I was like, "Stop trying to." Both him and Vince Vaughn in the commentaries are trying to put so much meaning and subtlety into it or it's just like if you notice all of the horse paintings in peter fox's uh, office you can know that you know it's kind of like how they're uh, a lone lone range i was like shut up dude <laughs> oh was there was... actually a deleted scene where you can see oswald Copplepot's like moses like carriage just coming into the penguin carriage like like <laughs> zoo as they're fighting just like just a, a, a foretelling of what's to come uh-huh uh-huh one thing i one thing this is like, again like just like a last bit of trivia uh in the credits they say the charcoal drawings are by peter falk himself which is like you yeah know, that, yeah that, i thought nice. that was kind of a cool little credit but yeah that's yeah. nice yeah yeah it sounds like they just didn't know what kind of movie they were making and it seems pretty clear from watching it that they didn't
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterboxd at J Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at CTNash91. Once again, thank you for listening.